Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We are looking at two questions, okay? We, are, we ask ourselves, what caused Satan to commit the first sin of rebellion against God in the first place? And we've tried to explain that. And we want to look at the second question today. And that question is, can this happen again? We are now jumping all the way to the end of our story as it were. So God has done what he needed to do. He has dealt with, this, with the issue of sin. He has dealt with the issue of, of evil in human, in angel. Everything is unkidory. There's the new heaven. There's the new earth. But the question is, humans still have will. Angels still have will. They are not robots. They still have will. The question is, can this happen again? Can an angel spontaneously just rebel against God or can human spontaneously just rebel against God? And my answer is, reading through the scripture, the answer is it will not happen again. And the question is, how can we be so sure? How can we be so sure that it will not happen again? As long as angel and human are creatures of will, the possibility of them sinning and rebelling against God is still there. That possibility is still there. But the probability, the risk of it happening again in eternity has been reduced practically to zero. And the question is, how did that happen? How come? What is different? What would be different then than what was the case in the case of Satan, in the case of Lucifer, in the case of Adam and Eve, what has changed? And that is what we want to look at. So the first thing we have established is that God has done what he needed to do to make sure that the probability that the risk of this happening again is practically reduced to zero. Now, to help us answer this question, you know, the question is, how can we be so sure this will not happen again? To help us answer this question, let's paint an alternative scenario ending to the question, to the story that we read than that which is reported for us in the Bible. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes there are some people that post some videos on YouTube where they give you an alternative ending to a popular movie. So I want to do that today. And let's, let's see whether this will help us. Let's assume that when Satan sinned, in the beginning, God bundled him to hell before Satan had the opportunity to deceive and recruit one third of the angels that eventually followed him. Let's say God bundled the devil and threw him in hell straight away. And God could have done that. What do you think would have happened? Would that have solved the problem of evil? No, because apparently there are one third of the angels that <laughs> were susceptible to this lie of the devil. So God could have gotten rid, God could have taken care of Satan, Lucifer, but that would not have solved the problem or stopped the problem of evil. What if the story went on the way it was in the Bible, but what if God stepped in after Adam and Eve fell and God bundled the devil and Adam and Eve bundled them to hell and God created new human? God could have done that. <laughs> it was in the... <laughs> 
it was in the you know prerogative of God. It was in the power of God to do that. God could have decided to start again. You remember what God wanted to do uh, with Moses and children of Israel. God said He's going to destroy the children of Israel. I'm going to start again. God destroyed the whole world and started again with with Noah. God will have started again. God will have started again with human. But will that have stopped the problem of evil? No. No. Because if if it could have spontaneously be generated in one angel because of their will, and if that angel could have deceived human who were created perfect and put in the garden, Eden garden, that could happen again. So all the above scenarios that I have painted will not have stopped the problem of evil. It will have stopped that particular headache that God had at that particular point in time. It could have stopped that particular rebellion, but it will simply break out again in another being, whether visible or invisible, whether angelic or human. God knew what it would take to functionally close that door. And this is the point. Because sometimes we wonder, why, why did God allow this to go on? God knew what it would take to practically reduce the risk and the probability of this happening again, to practically reduce it to zero. God knew what it would take. So God played the long and waiting game because that is necessary. You know, it's like, I don't know about you, if you play a game of chess, God knew the end from the beginning. God can see many steps ahead in the game. Now, if you are playing with a master on a chess, they can give you, you know, you can eat this one, you can eat that one. But actually, every piece the opponent gain, the master is actually winning. The opponent is really losing because the master can see three, four, five, seven steps ahead. The, the opponent may think that he's winning, but actually the opponent is losing every, every, you know, every piece that the opponent gain, the opponent thinks he's gaining or is winning, actually every piece that the opponent gain, the opponent is losing because every piece that the opponent gain is opening the board up for the master to strike the final blow. So it let you win this one, win that one there, but actually all those win is opening up <laughs> a win, a total win for the master. We need to understand that God controls the board. God was in total control. Remember what we said, the fall of Lucifer and the rebellion of men did not take God by surprise. I tend to say did not take God by accident, but did not take God by surprise. Okay. Did not take God by surprise. God did not have to rethink all this and bring in an emergency plan. No, it did not take God by surprise. God was not stumped or surprised by the appearance of evil. God was not stumped or surprised by the fall of Lucifer or the rebellion of human. He was totally aware of the problem and he was ready with his solution. God created angels. God created human and God dealt once and for all for eternity with the question of sin and evil. And this is very, very important. So I said that the probability or the risk of sin and evil happening again in eternity has been reduced practically to zero. That is what I said. And the question is, how come? What has changed? What is different? At the heart of the rebellion that Satan executed, first with the angels and then with human, at the heart of that rebellion lies two lies. And this is very, very important for us to understand. At the heart of Satan's rebellion, both in heaven and on earth, there are two lies at the heart of that rebellion. The first one is that God is not good. 
that God is evil. Satan slanders the character of God and so doubt in the heart of angels and human about God. So that is the first lie at the heart of the rebellion. The second lie is that the devil trying to present evil as cool. He presents evil as really good. He's saying, follow me and I will deliver the good. God is not good. God is not good. God is evil. You follow me and I will deliver the good. Remember, evil is what happens when creatures indulge in selfish desire in total disregard of their creator and their will. So this is what I want you to see, that actually this was what was in the heart of the rebellion that the devil promoted. So what we need to, to do now is to see how the devil played that card in the event of the fall. We'll see how Satan Play that card. But before we see, before we do that, there's a couple of things that I want us to talk about. Okay. All right. Before we now see, you know, remember what I said, these are the two lies that lies at the heart of the rebellion that the devil, the campaign of rebellion of the devil, both in heaven and on earth. And we are going to see in the event of the fall, how the devil played that card with Adam and Eve. But before we do that, when we fast forward to the end of the story, what did we see? We saw Satan's smear campaign against God failed miserably. His campaign, his smear campaign against God failed miserably. Satan's true color, evil true color and intention was exposed. And this is very, very important. Remember, we are answering the question, how are we so sure this will not happen again? I mean, one of the ways that, that Satan tried to Deceive people is to say evil is good, that God is evil, but that evil is good. But the truth is that God has given enough time. God played the waiting game. The, the creatures, particularly angels at the moment, and then human, we, their eyes will be open <laughs> at the end of all this. They can see here the true color of evil. The true color of evil has been exposed all to Satan's frustration. He's still, he's still blinding the eyes of men to see that, but men will see it. Angels have already seen it. Remember, the lawyer too toward angels. First of all, his campaign failed at that point because he could only be able to recruit one third of the angels. Even before the true color of evil showed itself, two thirds of the angels were loyal to God even at the beginning. So his campaign actually failed from the beginning. That's the first thing. Even without God doing anything different or being anything, <laughs> doing anything different or being anything different, obviously it cannot be anything different. Without God doing anything different, two-thirds of the angels were faithful to God. They could potentially have also followed the devil, but two-thirds of angels were faithful to God. Also, one of the frustrating things for the devil is the righteous remnant throughout the history of human who served God even when it costed them everything. I mean, humans were in a much more precarious position than angels. Yes, we are created in the image of God, but we don't have the advantages that angels have. I mean, angels live in the presence of God. We are human. Well, Adam and Eve had that advantage, but we don't. The rest of us don't. God has not come down in the cool of the day to talk to us, unlike Adam and Eve. But even despite that, 
throughout the history of human, there have been righteous men and women that serve God, that love God, that obey God, even when it costed them everything. And this is where the story of Job is very, very important. The rug was pulled under the feet of Satan in the story of Job. Okay? Because when we look at the story of Job, let's read, because I think this is really, really very important for us to see. Job chapter 1, verses 6 to 12. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them, and the Lord said unto Satan, see what God did here. Whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God, and what eschew evil. Now that is very, very important. God was actually doing something here. Remember, it was God God that started this conversation. God said, have you seen Job? And God intentionally and purposefully underscored this. He said, there's no like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man. Look, one that fear God and eschew evil. Verse 9, and Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for naught? As not thou made an edge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has and he will cause you to the face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon him put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. I don't know whether you are you seeing what was happening here in this story. God said, did you see Job? Did you see Job? Did you see Job? He said, he's perfect and upright man, one that fear God and eschew evil. In other words, God was saying that the devil had no excuse for yielding to sin because Job was not in as much privileged position as a creature as Satan was. And here was a man that was perfect. Here was a man that feared God. And here was a man that eschewed evil. Human like Job, who have flesh and blood, who did not have the opportunity Satan had, nevertheless, he respected God and refused to do evil. All this is the way God answered the question of evil in the universe. So when people talk about the story of Job, you need to understand that actually God is using the story of Job, the event in the life of Job, to deal with a, an issue that Satan created and an issue that God was dealing with. And this is very, very important. And God is using the person of Job to pull the rug right from under the feet of Satan to say, you have no excuse. That people... That are less, that have less opportunity, they respect God. They eschew evil, despite everything that the devil was trying to do to this gentleman. Obviously, you know the story. The the devil then went on, and I mean, I'm not going to tell us the story of the of Job, but despite everything, despite the best effort of the devil, Job did not rebel against God. He was confused. It was hot, but despite all those things that the devil pulled him through, Job did not rebel against God. And this was God showing 
everybody in eternity. Remember, angels were watching this. And we now, human, are talking about this. And Satan said, well, it will cause you to your face if you do this and this. God said, go ahead and do it. And despite everything that the devil did, Job did not rebel against God. Despite everything that the devil did, Job did not, Job respect God and refused to do evil. So we have the two-thirds of the angels and we have all this righteous remnant that actually obey and serve God no matter what the pastor. Remember the three Hebrew children. They said, look, we are not going to serve your, your God, devil. Oh, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, it's a personality of the devil, isn't it? We're not going to, we, we are ready to die, Daniel. And we can look at all these remnant of righteous people and all these, they are markers. They are markers in eternity of the way God exposed evil for what it is. And God established righteousness. So why has the probability of risk of sin and evil happening again in eternity, why has it been reduced practically to zero? Because God has exposed the lies of Satan as lies. The lie that evil is good has been exposed. We can, we can see the trail of the havoc and the evil that Sin and evil has brought to creation. It is there for everybody to see. And the fact that Satan thinks that he has a good reason to rebel against God, God said, no, you don't have a good reason to rebel. Look at human. Look at the two-thirds of the angels. Look at human. Despite everything they pass through, these remnant people, they still believe in God. But there's something more that God did. Remember, one of the things that the devil tried to do is to say, God is not good. Okay? Now, there's something that God did. Number one, God exposed the lies of Satan as lies, exposed evil for what it is, but at the heart of what has changed is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is very, very important. You know, Satan wants to accuse God, wants to, uh, you know, accuse God, wants to slander God, wants to slander his character, but the cross the great achievement of the cross is that on that cross, we see God. Because sin needed darkness in order to be able to slander God. But the cross brought light. We now know the truth about God. On the cross, we see the love of God. We see the wisdom of God. We see the power of God. We see the goodness of God. We see the faithfulness of God. Can you imagine the angels actually looking at what God did on the cross? This Two-thirds of, two of angels that did not rebel in the first place, but now they see God go on that cross because he so loved the world. Do you understand what is going on here? Let's read. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, who has commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Listen, you remember that the Lord Jesus for eternity will have that wound on his hand. That marks on his side. The cross crushed the lies of the devil about God and about evil. The cross crushed it 
for eternity. And for eternity, the mark will be there. A mark of who God really is. So on that cross, we see the manifestation of the love of God, the manifestation of the wisdom of God, the power of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And this is the point. In this life, the devil is doing everything possible to make sure that he blinded the eyes of human to see what happened on that cross. Because once you can see the cross, all these questions is answered. And that is why the probability of this happening again has been reduced to a zero because on that cross, God answered those questions. God could have, as God, he could have just gotten rid of the devil. He could have gotten rid of Adam and Eve, but he would not have answered this question. For eternity, on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, God throughout eternity answered that question of who he is and expose evil for what evil is. Because God still wants to have angels that have a will, that worship him by their will. And that was what, you know, God was telling Satan about Job. Do you see Job? He's worshiping him according to his will. Even when everything was turning against him and he lost everything, he went through hell, but he still used his will to worship God. And then God came down to die for his man. God is good. God is good. Now, every creature, both visible and invisible, will see God for who he is. Satan can no more lie. Now, he can blind the eyes of men, but God has sent us to go and open their eyes to preach. But in eternity, everybody's eyes will be open. Even people in hell will see the truth. We can now see God for who he is. God is God. No one is like him. No one will be like him, and God is good. We also will see sin and evil for what it is. Okay, I mean, we really don't know what sin, what evil is. We really don't know what sin is. I mean, we think we do until we are out of this body. We will see the devastation of sin, the evil, how evil evil is. And Satan will be known throughout eternity to be a liar, a deceiver. And that is what will settle once and for all the question of sin and evil. Such that even though angels still have will, even though humans still have will, they are going to use that will to love him, to serve him. Because forever, particularly on that cross, we know that God is good. We know that evil is evil. And we will, we will see God for who God is. We will see evil for what evil is. And then the possibility of any one of the creatures once again being tempted by the devil will be practically reduced to zero. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to stop there today by the grace of God. And what we are going to do next time by the grace of God is to now go back. I know I kept going back and forward. I thought this is the best way to do this. We're then going to go back and look at the event itself of the fall. Obviously, we've made some application. We're going to circle back again and touch some of these things that we have mentioned again when we look at the event of the fall. And if you are listening to me, look, this is the story. This is the story. We are in a bad shape, but God has come to help us. And God's help was not cheap. It costed him a lot, but that's because he loves you. He loves me. And you can come to him now. He can't force this on you. You have to use your will to accept him, okay? To say, Lord, I've been a rebel. Forgive me. I want to come home. And he will save you. Just save me. Be my Lord and God. He will come and save you. 
Okay, you take that heart of stone out of you, give you the heart of flesh. You will be your God, your Father. We walk this world with you the rest of your life. And when this is all over, you can spend eternity with Him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.